On today's episode of Come Pray With Me, I will be interviewing Reverend Sterling from Sunrise Fellowship Ministries in Odenton. He will be sharing his journey to becoming a reverend, adapting services in the time of COVID-19, and explaining what it means to be a non-denominational church. My name is uh, Raymond, Raymond Sterling. I'm one of the ministers at Sunrise Fellowship Ministries in, in Jessup currently, but we will be uh, moving to our new church in Glen Burnie, uh, God willing, this fall. Uh, so before we get started, I just want to just close our eyes and just go to the Lord in prayer. Father God, we thank you for this day, Lord God. We thank you for the rain. We thank you for the ability to just to, to have all our senses, Lord God, and to just wake up healthy. We just ask you, Lord God, to enter into the Zoom call, Lord God, and, and lead Sarah and myself and proclaim your word so that it may inspire others, Lord God. And we just pray for those who are, are ill in the hospital, battling COVID-19 and other illnesses. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you again for agreeing to be on the show. I really appreciate it. So one of the things that makes Sunrise Fellowship Ministries unique is that they're a non-denominational church. My first question is, could you explain what a non-denominational church is and how that differs from other churches? I actually grew up when I was a kid as a Catholic, and that's the, the Catholic. I was a Roman Catholic. They took some of uh, Christianity and made their own little sect of it. And then you have other religions, a non-denominational religion. We're not bound by any religious um, regulations and rules. Our focus is strictly on Christ. And when we go to church, we let Christ lead us. We're not restricted by time. Uh, we're not restricted by programs. Our church is hour and a half long. If the Spirit leads us and it's shorter, then, we, then it's shorter. If it's longer, it's a little bit longer, that's fine. But we're just led and focused just on Christ and live as Christians with no with no rules or, or restrictions based on uh, specific religious sector. Okay, so the services are more based on the Holy Spirit and how it guides you and the other members in prayer. Correct, yes. So you're also a reverend. How long have you been practicing as a reverend and what processes did you have to go to to become a reverend? I've been a reverend two years, um, but I became a minister uh, over five years ago. And I was the uh, the uh, right-hand man for my pastor. Um, the Lord spoke to him three years into my ministry and told him that I was ready to become a reverend. And that's just a title. I'm still a minister. A reverend is a title. Some churches uh, refer to their reverends as elders. Yeah, so a reverend is, is uh, someone that's been in a church long enough to be considered a wiser elder. And then you get the title of reverend. And after that, if you become a leader of your own church and God allows you to lead your own flock, then you become the pastor of that church. I'm not there yet, but people have been uh, prophesizing that into my life that they see me as a pastor in the future. So we'll see what God takes me. Well, that's incredible. And I hope that you can get there. And I have full faith in you that you will. Thank you. Thank you. So how have the sermons and services of Sunrise Fellowship Ministries adjusted with COVID-19 and uh, social distancing? We've adjusted pretty well. Um, the first the first um, online, so, so all our services are on are streamed on um, Facebook um, Live. Um, when COVID-19 uh, came, we added YouTube Live to it. And so the first one was actually my basement because I, I preached that one. And then all the other ones since then have been at the pastor's home. And they kind of just uh, decorated their foyer and have nice little backdrops. And, uh, you know, we shortened the service from an hour and a half to just an hour since it's online. And a lot of the things that we used to do, like singing and all that stuff, so it's very limited now. But we, we still get a good hour of worship doing it through that, through that venue. 
Well, that's pretty incredible because I know a lot of other places have sort of been struggling to make those adjustments, especially places where they might not be as familiar with technology or this is something that they just never anticipated. Correct. Yeah. You know, so it's great to see other places that are able to really thrive and keep going. So I noticed on your website, there's uh, virtual Bible studies that you're now offering. Could you uh, tell us a little bit more about that? So the Bible study is um, same location as the services at the pastor's home. And um, he does Bible study um, from seven to eight on Thursday nights. And they'll, he'll pick a topic and just spend, spend like a couple weeks on it. And um, after he does the Bible study, he'll uh, send out questions or ask if anybody has any, has any questions. And he answers those questions on an individual basis or in, or in a group basis. That sounds pretty interesting. I'm glad that you found a way to adapt that online, especially in a way where you can still have everybody engaging in the discussion. Yeah, I mean, God, you know, when you put your trust in God, he makes a way for you. Absolutely. So, so another thing you mentioned on your website is uh, how Sunrise Fellowship Ministries has a strong belief in serving those in need and giving back. What are some of the ways that you give back? Since we're a small church and we're a local church and we, we don't really, we really can't affect uh, the international um, uh, ministries. So we sow seed into like Joyce Myers and T.D. Jakes and all these bigger churches that actually go out to these uh, third world countries and feed and, and clothe the homeless. So we, we um, sow seed into them annually. And locally what we do is um, we partnered with a, a church called Hands and Feet. And this church is interesting because they have church in each other's homes. And what they were doing, they were going out in Glen Burnie uh, once a week on Saturdays from 12 to 1, and they were feeding and then clothing the homeless. And we started doing that roughly about four years ago with them. Um, so we go out there once a month, and we take out like hot meals. We take out toiletries out there, clothes. In the wintertime, we take our jackets um, out there and, and shoes. And the homeless come when they line up. We feed them. But before we do any of that stuff, the pastor has a little boom box with a microphone and he prays with them and he tries to give them hope that even though they're in the situation that they're in right now that if they continue to trust God he can see them out of it out of it and then there's examples in the crowd of people that actually came out of it assistance of uh, local um, charity groups that's pretty incredible work and that's definitely really incredible story of, of helping others and getting them to be in a better place right so uh, before the outbreak of uh, COVID-19, I noticed that uh, Sunrise Fellowship Ministries had a prayer breakfast. Could you share what a prayer breakfast is and how it relates to the ways that the ministry uses prayer? Yeah, so the prayer breakfast is not just a Sunrise thing. We invite other churches that we're affiliated with or, or where, where some of us came from. Uh, a lot of us came from Argonne Hills Chapel Service on Port Mead. So we invite those folks. We'll have invite some churches from Baltimore and other local churches um, to come, like coming to Lifehouse Ministries in, in, in uh, Glen Burnie, where Pastor Powell is the, the uh, senior pastor there. They come and we uh, 
we fellowship, we eat together. We even have Mark Chang, one of the uh, delegates in our county, comes and he prays over the community. We pray over health, pray over finances. You know, we pray over our leaders in our country and in the world. And um, yeah, it's just it's just a, a huge opportunity for everybody to get together and just pray about the needs that you currently have, and not just you as an individual, but we as a, a group, as a church body. When a group gets together in prayer, how do you think that affects the way people pray and their intentions behind it? I think when, when, when you have, you assign folks to pray for certain things, um, especially things that are affecting them, because we don't know what struggles other churches are, are having and what struggles their individual con congregation is having. And so for them to get up there and actually pray that, it opens up your eyes to the struggles of others and it makes your struggle a little less, less burdensome because you know, you know that every, everyone else is going through it as well. And Jesus warned us about that anyway. It seems like a really intense, but also really spiritual way to form a deep connection with others and that it creates a sort of sense of community. Absolutely, yes. Was there anything else you wanted to discuss on the show today? Um, so when we were um, at Jessup, we, we, we uh, rented out their, um, their cafeteria for our church services on Sundays. And what we did um, to show our appreciation to the school, even before they moved to their newer school, their brand new school, before the school started, our church members were given a list of school supplies, you know, to buy for the, the less fortunate kids. And we would put them in bags and we'd have over like a hundred bags of school supplies and we'll give them to schools and, they, and the, and the uh, teachers uh, determine which kids need them the most. We also did the same thing during Christmas time. Uh, we had um, a project where the giving tree, we called it the giving tree, where my wife was actually in charge of that. She put cards on the tree based on the gender of the, the children and the family, and people would grab the cards and they will shop based on what the, the kids' wishes, wishes were for Christmas. And then we'd put the, all this stuff together like a week before Christmas and we'd give it to the guidance counselor. And the families would come and, and uh, get those gifts and those kids would enjoy Christmas versus not having anything at all. So we're just trying to just show folks that you know, even though you cannot see Christ, you can see him through others. And, and a church is supposed to be the biggest example of that. Yeah, I agree with you completely. And that's definitely really amazing work that you do. And I can see that you're all really kind and caring people that treat everybody like they're your neighbor, just like in the Bible. It means a lot seeing people actually acting it out. And then, you know, that's the true spirit of Christmas. Is giving into others, even if you've never met them or talked to them before, still treating them with dignity and kindness. Yes. I think our motto is that, that the church is not in the building, the church is outside, because we can stay in the building and just, you know, be segregated. But we actually have to go outside, which is why we go and, and feed the homeless that can see Christ through us. You know, we can you can talk about it, but if you want to show them that Christ really is alive and through us by giving them the things that they they need, even maybe small things to us, it's huge to them, right? So and just we have to be the light of the world, just like the Bible says. Even really small things or things that things that seem small and insignificant can end up making a big difference in the long run. Amen. 
for somebody. Absolutely. And then another thing is even though it seems like on a small scale, or like when you look at the big picture and try to compare yourself to the world, it always feels like, oh, I'm not doing that much or this isn't huge and I'm not changing the world, but you are because even the tiniest actions can end up affecting huge things in the long run, almost like right, the right. butterfly effect. Thank you again for being on the show. I really appreciate it. Oh, you're welcome. Um, it's my pleasure. Were there any um, other prayers or scriptures you wanted to share before we wrap up? I just, I just want to um, remind those that are listening to your podcast that even though everything may seem gloomy out there and there's going to be, you know, false prophets out there saying, you know, the end is near, you know, Christ warned us to be uh, careful of that. You know, um, because you said there's going to be rumors of wars and pestilences and all of this, but the end is not near yet. So we just got to be focused on him and know that regardless of what's going on in your life or around us, that God is in control. That's absolutely right. And if you read the Bible, it actually says that no one knows the day or the hour when the world will end. But I thought about that a lot because a lot of people seem to be like really buying into the whole apocalypse idea. I don't know if that's just because like they're watching too many of these movies out there or if it's just sort of like people get emotional, they get caught up and stuff. But I feel like it's important to remember those things like you were talking about, but also to try to stay grounded. And 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 my, my, uh, my view on this is, you know, you keep hearing it. People say that, you know, this is going to go away. You're just going to wait for one minute and it's gone. I don't think anything is going anywhere until we as a nation, as a world, humble ourselves, just like the Israelites had to do, right? They had to humble themselves and ask God for forgiveness. And then he came back in and he healed the land. But until we do that from the top down, um, nothing's going to change. Yeah, I agree. But then I feel like it's our responsibility to try to look out for each other and take care of each other and that you know we can start on a small scale and then those chains of reactions can help the community build up to creating the larger change necessary for creating a better world exactly i think we're starting to see um that in the infancy stage but um yeah we just gotta um, just stay on faith and let god continue to work you know i, I ask god to you know to to heal the land always end my prayer with let your will be done not mine absolutely and thank you again for uh, taking time out of your day to be with us and for sharing your ideas and thank you for yeah your prayers and for the kindness that you and your ministry shows in the way that you give back really appreciate that all right and um, i'd like to also you know close with a prayer if you don't mind sure let's go to lord in prayer Father God, we thank you for this opportunity, Lord God, even though it was a brief opportunity, Lord God, it's an opportunity that you allowed us to have. And we just pray, Lord God, that the words spoken through us by your spirit, Lord God, will touch someone, Lord God, that may be on the fence, whether to follow the world or whether to follow your son, Jesus Christ. And we pray, Lord God, that they will choose light versus darkness. And we continue to pray for healing in our land, Lord God, and not only healing in the land for medical reasons, Lord God, but the mentality of humans, Lord God, to have more love and less hate, Lord God. I just actually continue to bless 
Sarah's podcast, Lord God, continue to bless her studies. And then I know that she will do well, Lord God, that she just keep you first, Lord God. And we just pray for her and her family, Lord God, in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. If you would like to learn more about Reverend Sterling's teachings or attend virtual Bible studies, visit www.srfm.church.